Welcome to the podcast. Um, I it's just me and Dave. Uh, it was meant to be Brad, but I've gotten to the point of drunk that I didn't even. Well, I basically, just got off at the wrong stop. Like I'm going to be honest with you, I haven't had a drink for about two months, and uh, that drove me to drink. Dave, you're right. Yeah, it's about as. Uh, unfortunately, I think we've hit the first point in the season where I unfortunately haven't got many positives to come back on. So this could well be the first part of the season, which might remind people of League One. Um, mm. Yeah, but other than that, I'm all right, I suppose. If you want to be feeling positive about stuff, um, I'm far too drunk for it to begin with, so I'll probably say things that I should edit out, but probably won't. And... Uh, I, like, look, if you don't want to listen to it, it's fine. We've got to beat 5-1 at home with Stoke. And I'm going to be completely blunt with you. That's kind of how this podcast is going to go. Dave, like I said, we've got to beat 5-1 off Stoke. I've honestly, like, I've got myself obliterated here. Because, like, <laughs> that hurt today. Like, I'm not going to lie, that hurt today. Um, we were just shit. And there's tons of stuff we can, like, dig into. And there's tons of reasons for it, which are, like, so, like, built from right up at the top, right up until the players on the pitch today where it went wrong. But I'm going to chuck the question to you, of course I am. Where did it go wrong today, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had some uh, we've had some interesting messages going around in our WhatsApp group, haven't we? And well I got I, off on the I wrong can't... stop to begin with. I, I, we were meant to start this at about ten and I got off at the <laughs> wrong stop. So that's where we're at at this minute in time. <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be fair, though, I was listening to Kiss to cheer myself up, and um, what song was it again? Crazy Nights came on, and I was like, Great you know too. what? I'm staying on this. I'm staying on this train. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, there's a bit of an analogy for being a Sunderland fan, there, isn't it? Crazy, crazy Nights, crazy, 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 <laughs> and and staying on the train, even though you know you're meant to get off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Jesus! I always um, thought Kiss had lots of sexual innuendos. It turns out they're just a metaphor for supporting something. But there we go. <laughs> and I tell you what, everyone thought this was going to be all negative Nellies, but no chance. We've just found a positive within it. Listen to Kiss. Um, ah, <laughs> uh, listen, like, yeah. Well, where where do you even begin to pick that apart? Ross in in the WhatsApp group earlier said about like Mowbray has getting selection so wrong. I'm sure there's people out there who's going to agree with that. Uh, I think my comment to that was it it's literally and I apologize because you always say this back to front. So but the theory stays the same. Trying to fit like you know round pegs in square holes, it just doesn't work. And he's been trying to find an answer to scoring goals. And unfortunately, listen, <laughs> Stoke was probably one of the easier of the next of, of the five games. So that doesn't fucking board well for a start. Um, it was at home, 43,000 fans. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine, and I haven't seen any of the press conferences or anything yet, but I'd imagine Mowbray is probably honing in on that because... He can't have found too many, too many uh, positives on the field. Listen, there's, yeah, where do you start? Ahmad looks 
a little bit leggy, a little bit lost, as if we, we can't play to his strengths at the minute. And that's probably, you've got to give a little bit of credit to opposition, who have probably worked out how to defend against him. Gelhart, he's a mile away. He's an absolute mile away. We've sat on the fence with that, haven't we, with Gelhart. Like, look, like, Gelhart is, what, 20? Um He's going to learn and stuff like that. But you can't... Here, here's the thing, right? And I know this is going to pee people off, but whatever. Um, this is where people don't unsubscribe. Um, I know Speakman's done a load of good. I know that he's messed up with a striker thing. But take that, take the Sunland thing out of the equation, right? He's banged on, like, all the way back to last January about player welfare and making sure that you're looking after players. Even back, like, I think it was Tom Flanagan you talked about, and he was like, Centre's contractors up at the end of the season, and um, they had a chance to move to Shrewsbury and stuff like that. And how he wants to, he's also spoke about the younger players and making sure we look after them right and all that kind of stuff. He's chucked Gelhart in the worst situation he could. I'd be fuming if I was Leeds because they've chucked basically a number 10. He's not a striker. I don't care what anyone says. We've had six ish games now, I think, to judge him. He's not a centre forward. I think alongside Stewart. Or like as a number ten, maybe in the Pritchard role, he might be all right actually, to be honest, because you can see there's like something there. He's obviously not a bad football. He plays for Leeds, like he scored goals in the Premier League, not many, but he scored goals in the Premier League, like which is more than most of the strikers that we've had at the club this season can say. And we've saw how like out so to Ellis, Ellis Sims, Ellis Shorts, Ellis Sims <laughs> looks in the Premier League, and Sims has scored goals like a be only three, I think, in the Premier League, but like. Why have we chucked him into a situation which is just not going to benefit him at all? Like, you kind of go on about, like, benefiting players and looking after, like, young lads and showing, like, giving them a platform to work on and all that kind of stuff if you're just going to, like, throw them under the bus. Like, the kid's not a centre-forward. He's just not. Like, he's not. He doesn't play like a centre-forward. He doesn't look like a centre-forward. He doesn't look like he could score 15 goals a season let alone the four or five that we probably need. He's nothing like Ross Stewart. That's not really his fault. But, like, he's just not a striker. And I don't know who decided that he would be a striker. And if I'm completely honest with you, I don't think they've signed him as a striker because, obviously, when we brought him in, Roscoe was fit. I think they brought him in as someone who can complement Roscoe in, like, a number 10 role or maybe, like, off the wings, like a Diallo or a Roberts or something like that. And then Stewart's got injured and they've gone, I'll just stick him up front. I mean, let's go back to that interview before. Sunderland don't play with a nine. The way we play is not dependent on a nine. Bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Like, our centre forward, Ross Stewart, scored 26 goals last season. Right, so if we're not dependent on playing that in a nine, and the 10 goals you got this season in, like, 11 games or something. So if we're not dependent on Ross Stewart, I hold back and I hold back on it, and I know people are going to hate it. I know people are going to hate it, because I know that you can't have nuance. I know that it's one way or the other. You either think Speakman's amazing or you think he's an absolute arse. I'm a bit in the middle. I think he's brought in some brilliant players. I think he's done a great job. But, like, we've got beat 5-1 off Stoke. And I'm sorry, like, a, a lot of it for me comes down to the fact that, like, the team was too young today. It's just, it's, like, it... <laughs> I mean, look, let's talk about team selection, right? Before I go off on a tangent for an hour, because I'm probably going to do that. 
Um, we kind of went through the Coventry game last week, Dave, right? And we said, look, the midfield got overrun a little bit. And it's not like Mishu or Daniel's fault. Look, the kids, they are young lads. They're going to make mistakes. We'll come on to Daniel because we kind of can't avoid that today, unfortunately. Sorry, Dan. Um, but we said it got overrun a little bit and we said we might have liked maybe Luke Nyan in there. who's you know not the best midfielder in the world, but he offers a bit of steel and a bit of energy, I guess. And I can't quite get my head around Mowbray deciding that Dan Neal on his own was the answer. Like, the team selection was wrong as well. There's tons of reasons to blame today. And we're not going to get through all of them and going back on all of them, the reasons for today's result. It's kind of a podcast that is a podcast on its own and probably not worth it, to be honest, because it is just one game in the context of an entire season. But we'll react as best as we can. Um, the team selection was wrong today for me, Dave, and I knew that from the start. I'm not just like, it's not hindsight. Like, you cannot watch that game last week and go, you know what the answer is? Uh, just take me sure out and play Daniel on his own. It's not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's uh, It'd be interesting to know what they've analysed to, to make it think that. I... Yeah. I, I, I don't really... All I can think is he thought that our possession percentages would have been that much higher that the ball would have been in their final or in our final third more often than anything else. And then the but the problem that you've got with that is <laughs> listen, I think everyone's probably gonna sit there and and say, Oh, I've been waiting for Dave and Graham to go on about this and, and talk about and trust me. I've been enjoying being proved wrong. It, it doesn't bother me. Like as Same. long as Sunderland are winning, as long as Sunderland are, are listen. This is probably the first time this season that I can really go. Listen, not only have we been beaten, but we've been absolutely embarrassed. We've been twatted at home yeah. by Alex Neil. A very and Stoke are not a good team. They weren't no, good. To, they weren't good today. Bristol City were a better side than that. Yeah. Yeah, Stoke, massively. Stoke went outstanding today. They did the fucking bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I just think when you look at the team and, and in terms of being out of possession, like, I don't think Gell Hart closed us down the ball particularly well. I don't think Jack Clark's the best at it, although I think he was probably best of the forward five today. Yeah, I, agree. I don't. I don't think Roberts presses the ball very well. I don't think Pritchard presses it very well. And Ahmad, yes, I agree. He's one of the better ones. And the simple fact of the matter is the thing that, or the person who brings all that together, whether people want to tell me that I shouldn't be caught up on it and I shouldn't be blaming Speakman and stuff like that, the person who brings it all together and the reason that we all wanted to sign a new contract and give him the money that he wants albeit without like absolutely ruining our wage structure and stuff like that. If he wanted 20 grand, give him 16. The simple answer is we miss Ross Stewart every time we don't play him. It's as simple as that. And it's from a defensive point of view, based on the fact that we defend from the front, 
And we said and, that weeks ago, to be fair. And I know people are going to go, oh, it's easy for you to say that now. We said that weeks ago that we missed Ross Stewart, not just in the goal scoring thing. And look, I'm like, I'm, I've said this before. The success of this podcast, I couldn't give two hoots about. I'm not bothered if no one listens to us. I don't give a shit. I could not care less. The success of Sunderland Association Football Club, I hugely care about. That governs my daily week. My daily week? My week. <laughs> <laughs> that, governs, that governs my week. You're going to get honesty because I've had far too many whiskeys. And like <laughs> we said that ages ago, like I love being proven wrong. I didn't fancy Tony Mowbray. I thought Alex Neil Leaving was the worst thing that ever happened in the world. I thought not signing a striker was the wrong thing. I've been right in some, I've been wrong in others. Like, and that's fine. What I care about is Sunderland doing well, but like today's look, there's loads of reasons. And I don't think normally you can probably pinpoint Sunderland doing not well this season to not having a striker. There's loads more stuff at it. But the fact that Roscoe's missing. We don't defend as well from the front. We actually we actually don't, and you do defend as a team. And look, that's not the reason we lost today. The reason we lost today was our defending was absolutely crap. The team selection was wrong. Players on the pitch, I know they've got a lot of credit in the bank, but they did not have the right attitude today. They're down tools, and that's not acceptable. That That isn't acceptable. I don't care if you play 35 good games a season. If you're down tools for one game, it's not acceptable at this football club. It never has been and it never will be. And they're down tools today. But I suppose if we take an end to it, why did they down tools? Did they feel the game was lost? Yes, probably. Um, I also think the confidence has been eroded from the past few weeks. I got annoyed at Diallo today. I wanted to bring up Diallo because he's been rubbish for about five weeks. But you know what? I actually watched him today and tried to understand why he was rubbish. There was one point, to be fair to him, where he got the ball, beat two players, got in the box, and there was nobody there, and he had a double back. And you could see he was visibly frustrated because there was nothing to hit. And, like, look, you can't replicate Ross Stewart. It's never going to happen. And I'll repeat till I'm blue in the face that it wasn't the reason we lost today. You don't lose five goals because you don't have a good striker. It's part of it, but whatever. But there's nothing to hit. There's nothing to relieve the pressure that relieve the pressure. There's nothing to press. You cannot go through more than half the season without sending forward. You can't. Like, it's stupid. Like, and how people have been convinced that it's a normal thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that that's just one of the reasons today, right? Like, I, I don't want to labor on it too much, but it is one of the reasons we lost last week and the week the, with the Rotherham game midweek. And one of the reasons we lost today, the team selections, another reason we, we lost. Um, there's a lot of thoughts I have on why we lost essentially today. For me as well, though, and I'm loath to criticise these boys because I like them. Like, I really like them. Like, all of them, just about. But the attitude is wrong today. They down tools at 2-0 down for me. And I don't think that's right. And I can't decide if it was a case of down in tools or if it was confidence from the past few games and the fact that they feel like, as Mowbray said last week, 
are we playing without the, the right tools to win a game? But but Dave, obviously, don't know if I'm right, mate, but have the players' confidence been knocked by the sheer fact that even Tony Mowbray is coming out and saying last week, we don't have the tools required to, to win football games? It certainly, uh, it certainly can't help matters, can it? It's, um, yeah, it's probably, it's probably him putting a little bit of pressure on people above. Um, it's probably him trying to appease fans because there'll be a lot of fans thinking to see him. Listen, the, the that's going to do a lot of a lot of harm the way that we've been beat the deer and the fact that it's three three defeats on the bounce um and I, listen I've, I've been thinking all afternoon I've, I've been at work tonight and, and busy as hell but I'm thinking to myself how do you come out of it and I've, I've just suddenly thought to myself and wait I can't even believe I'm seeing this by the way but you listen, he'll either become a genius or an idiot because of it. But just because he made a joke about it in a press conference, and I genuinely think he probably would. But I just wonder if if putting the old smiling assassin up top for a game where we don't expect anything whatsoever, i.e. possibly Burnley or something. I just wonder if having O nine up there, just simply because of his work rate and could he hold the ball up? Because so somebody tweeted the day, and I, I couldn't quite bite my tongue enough. But someone said the reason that we got beat today wasn't because of a centre forward, and and you've just alluded to it. I agree that that's not the sole reason. Really frustrating when a centre forward, who yeah, I agree we've established isn't a centre forward, can't let the ball stick. It's just disgusting, and 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 that's basic. That's really, really basic. Forget about the whole pressing and the transition and whatever else. Just holding on to the ball and not trying when you're under a bit of pressure or the game's not quite going your way. Just asking your centre forward to draw a foul and win us a free kick or whatever. That's just basic, absolutely basic, and. Listen, that's probably where we've gotten wrong today more than anything else. The basics. The basics were minging. Um, I wanted to discuss Dan Neal. I don't like discussing Dan Neal because I really like him. And I know I'm not going to say something positive here, right? But we spoke about it a few times and it was only about four weeks ago he was saying how good he was playing because he was. I think on the ball, he's, he's got a lovely range of passing. I think he's a lovely footballer. But how many times a season is he going to lose it on the edge of his own area? I think the first few weeks when he done it, did it against Coventry and he did it against Sheffield United and got himself sent off. I can kind of accept it. I'm not happy about it. I can kind of accept it with the sheer fact that he's a young kid. It's his first season in the championship. I think he's only 21, 22 at best. So I know he's not like an agent pro and he's going to make mistakes and, and learn. But I've seen about six times he's done it this season. He's done it again today. And he's, look at 1-0, you've always got a chance. And he's done that early doors, second half, and conceded because of his mistake. 
Like that wasn't good play from Stoke. It was just a stupid mistake. And it's again when he's turned and thought he'd had too much time. In August, September, October almost, I can kind of accept those mistakes being made. We're now like seven months in the season. And he's making the same mistakes. Like, look, he's been hung out dry a little bit by being put in midfield on his own. Stupid. Completely the wrong decision. Proven by the result. But Dan Neal needs to stop doing this. He needs to stop having this thing where he loses the ball. And I know we've discussed this week about signing a new contract and all that kind of stuff, but hey, he's never going to play Premier League football unless he cuts that sort of thing out. And I know we don't need him to play Premier League football at the moment, but we need him to play Championship football at least. And he cannot lose the ball in that area. And it's not once or twice he's done it. How many times has he done that, Dave? Why is he not learning? Sorry, couldn't find the uh, couldn't find the mute button there. <laughs> <laughs> the listeners will be like, press it again, press it again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I, I suppose, I suppose the, the trying to have a balanced argument about it is, it's it's how. It it's not it's not high percentage football the way that we play football. It's pretty on the eye, and when it works, it's it's phenomenal. When it works, we've seen. Listen, we've picked teams apart. Look at the goal going back all those months to the red and goal, absolutely mm. phenomenal. And Dan Neil was involved in that. In fact, the pass out on the right wing in the Jack Clark's feet was unbelievable, it, and just tells you exactly what you see about. His range of passing, it is great. Um, maybe it's an experience thing that comes with time uh, and playing lots of football games because uh, that is again basics, you know. And maybe it's just a case of he's always going to play that type of football and and that way and take the risks and stuff. But maybe it just needs a bit of. And you would hope that they're doing that with them. They, they pull them to one side over the next couple of days and go, listen, Dan, the game's not quite going our way. The game's not going our way. It's this type where it's like a bit of a hot potato to, to go back to an old-fashioned phrase. And there's just times we need the ball. So, yes, in that situation, can we just go back five yards to a centre-half and play the ball out to the, to the full-back? Can we just turn it around the corner and, you know, not always try to have that killer pass? Yeah, I. but at the same time, are you then putting shackles on them for, for when you do want to play that way and when it is the right time to play that way because you've got a foot in the game? Hopefully it's just an experience thing. But, listen... I think going back on everything, and I hate to sound like a broken record, I said it, and like you said, there's things that we've said which are completely bang on. There's things that we've said which are completely wrong. And there's compl- there's things which are probably going to be proven right and wrong in the future as well. And I said it a couple of weeks ago, probably just about, just about the time to keep everyone's uh, feet on the ground. And listen, even I was getting a bit excited 
thinking oh, there could be a there could be a Wembley appearance on the 29th of May, and I think ultimately in January the board have turned around and said, Tony, I'm sorry, we don't want to go up this year. Very quietly, we're not. We're just whispering it, but we're not going to back you. We're not going to pay an extra two hundred grand for a player when they should be one point three million. We ain't paying one point five. You just got to get on with it, mate. It's hard. It's, it's hard to kind of argue with that because they didn't do enough in January. So whether that was conscious or unconscious, they didn't do enough. And I think we touched on Daniel there as well. And we've touched a lot on Ross Stewart being missing for like a number of weeks, <laughs> a number of times this season, because we've played without a striker for most of the season. But um, do you know who is the big miss for me today? I know we've touched on Roscoe a lot, because it, it's part of it. It's part of the entire reason. But dear God, we miss Corey Evans. And I've had my issues with the model for ages. I actually quite like it in principle. <laughs> I think we've got a lot of good young players coming through, but I, I was spine last season was um to, with the good run with, under Alex Neal anyway was Bailey Wright and um Danny Bart at the back, which is thirty thirty one, Corey Evans in midfield, which is thirty thirty one, Pritch twenty nine, Roscoe twenty six as he was last season. So all of those players in the spine of the team are over the age of twenty four. I quite like like the likes of like Roberts, um, Clark. Well, I don't quite like. I really like, and I, I I even like the likes of Benetti. And I like what I've seen from Barr. I like what I've seen from um, even the small glimpses of like Equa and stuff like that. And and Alessi when he's played at centre back, Serkin's obviously a very good player. So in principle, like I, I do get it, but the spine of the team has always been quite experienced. And the spine of that team's missing today because it's, it's injured, essentially, apart from Danny Bart, and one of them's been sent out on loan. And I touched on attitude before and said the attitude wasn't quite right. But, like, to be fair, devil's advocate, the, the our young boys have never really come up against this level of adversity before, and there's not really that many players on the pitch that can lead them through. And I think, look, we haven't mentioned his name yet, but Alex Neal, we went back on this, and I think... I think I definitely went against popular opinion when I said that I kind of half understood why Alex Neal went in the sense that I think he wasn't back the way he thought he should have been backed in terms of we needed more experience in the team in case X, Y, Z happened. I know a lot of people disagree with that and think Alex Neal was back and, and really hate Alex Neal. And the way he left was, look, like we're now six or seven months on from it. And like that, it wrangled, it wrangled me today, remembering that fact that he walked out on Sunderland when we had a game and left his assistant in charge. Like, to be quite frank, you can get nodded for that. And that's me being kind. Um, but I think he maybe did have a point when he said he, he wasn't back the way he felt he should have been in the sense that we obviously needed a bit more experience. He wanted players, you know, above the age of 24. And I think today proved why he probably wanted it. Because you kind of just get by with, like, let's be honest, Corey Evans has been fit more than we actually thought he would be throughout his time with Sunderland because he came very injury-prone. And we miss him massively when he doesn't play. I think someone said today we missed Corey Evans more than we missed Ross Stewart. And I know we had a big segment on Ross Stewart before, but I think that's probably a fair assessment. 
like in today's match specifically, we probably miss Curry even more. But we're just missing experience all over the park. Like, like today, Patterson twenty two, Bart thirty one. Then you've got Ballard twenty twenty one. Then you've got Alessi twenty, give or take. Dan Neal twenty twenty one. Alongside him would have been Mishu the past few weeks. He was nineteen. You had Pritchard in the team today, who's 29, but outside of Pritch and Danny Barr, I don't think any of the players were over 24 today. And you saw what sometimes happens. And and look, it's really hard to blame a bunch of kids because they need to learn. Like, But they need to learn from players alongside them that are experienced, like Corey Evans, Bailey Wright, Danny Bart, Ross Stewart, players who've been there and done it and are not there at the minute and there's no replacement for them either. And I think we touched on it earlier in the season and said we, we felt we needed a bit more of just nous. And I feel like today has been like the, the culmination of what I was kind of worried about for a long, long time. Um, but it feels like you, you're either on board with the recruitment model 100%, or you're against it 100% without a middle ground. I hope people don't mind, but I'm, I'm probably in the middle. I think it works, but I can't think you can, I don't think you can just go with players under the age of 24. Um, but I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm pissing it against the wind here, to be honest. We've been beat 5 1 of Stokes, so it doesn't really matter. Um, look, we're touching them a little bit before with, with Geltart, but I kind of wanted to come back. To him a little bit before we go into the, the horrendous run of games we've got coming up. Um, look, I don't think he's a striker. To be blunt, I think he's a number ten. He got took off at half time today, Dave. What what do we do with Joe Gelta? Obviously, taking him off at half time signals a lot of maybe what Tony thought about his performance at least today. The fans are not on board with what he's playing at the minute. He's a young kid. You can quite evidently see he doesn't fit that role. Things are not going well for him at the minute. He looked like, for me, five minutes before half time, he looked like he was ready to come off. That's a worry because that's confidence. Um, but but what do we do? He's going to be here at the end of the season and he's it's just not working. No, and, and <laughs> again, it goes back to if this is if this is the model and this is how we're doing it and this is the group of players that we've got, which is all very true, it it comes down to the fact that we've got to protect him. The the football club is is to us fans is is primary, of course it is, but to Joe Gelhart and to Tony Mowbray, that it's a results business, but ultimately he has to be looked after. Um, listen, he's he's got to come out the team. You 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 can't you can't put him for me anywhere personally. You can't put him in against Norwich next week. You no. absolutely cannot. You're just gonna. It's gonna be another game, which is not gonna be easy. Um, it's uh, you just can't start him. You can't because ultimately the natives will start becoming restless because 
we're beco- we're going to become frustrated now. It's as simple. If we're not already frustrated, we are going to become frustrated. Listen, the negativity starts coming for as much as we get excited when things are going really well. And because we've had that backbone and we've had that bit of fight and we've had that positivity even when we've been getting beat, today kills all that. It kills all that for us as fans. It kills all that for them as professional footballers. And listen, if Stoke can do that to us at home and Burnley did it for 45 minutes against us at home, I dread to think what could happen at Turf Moor. I dread to think. Um, yeah, but again, so so what what has the alternatives been since we've lost Roscoe, since Joe Gelhart has come in? So off the top of my head, we, we've done what we've done today, the second half of kind of letting Fritch and, and Roberts alternate between the the false nine, if that's what you want to call it, and then trying to get Clark and Ahmad and the other one out of Pritch and Roberts close to the other person. Listen, that didn't work, the dear. There's no danger. It's it's easy for it's easy when a 47-year-old Phil Jagielka doesn't have to worry about anyone running in behind him because I, I can't believe that how easily he handled Geltart a day. Like I mean the kids, like what I'm seeing a kid. Jack Yelka, sorry, is like 103. Yeah, not far away. Like, he played for England in the 70s. <laughs> like, <laughs> get a grip ah. of yourself, man. <laughs> Just retire. So the, <laughs> so, the other, are you talking about Joe Gelhart? Are you talking about Phil? I'm talking about, I'm talking about Joe Gelhart. <laughs> <laughs> that's tongue in cheek everyone we're not that bad yeah don't retire kid you'll be alright <laughs> um, so so that was the one option we're preaching that moving through we've had Jack Clark up top at times when we've missed Roscoe this year Um, and if I remember rightly for the last four minutes of a game we've, we've had we've had Equa up top for the old uh We've scored goals when Danny Bart's been up there because you know what Danny Bart does in those couple of games? Like when he's gone up front for 10 minutes, he occupies the defender. Because you know what's mad when you've got a centre forward up front, he occupies defenders. <laughs> I've just farted by the way, and it stinks. <laughs> um like he, he occupies defenders. Like and, and, and this is just what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's mad. I can't believe I'm saying it because he's played everywhere. And the only position he's gonna have left to play is in goal if this happens. But maybe it's just worth Luke being up top. That's just, where we're at, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I genuinely think it is. People are going to think I'm like I normally like to think that I'm the analytical and sensible one to a degree. But I I can't believe I'm suggesting it. But I genuinely think that's where we're at. Have you heard the the phrase "costume strokes"? I just feel the team's just dead disjointed at the minute and, and I unfortunately feel like over the past few weeks when we've done these like review shows, it's been coming a bit. And I don't like being right when I'm negative. I don't. Of course I don't. Like, who wants to be right when you think something might go... Th- but I felt like today, maybe not 5-1, but I felt like it was sort of coming. 
I said one nil on the preview show, but it was total hope. I said I'm not. I said I wasn't confident, and I haven't been confident all day. But Dave, we, we could dig into it all day, mate. But I just feel like at this point, people are probably just sick. Um, we've pretty much done this because, well, it's just what we do in it. Like you kind of just do it when you win games. Um, I'd much rather I didn't. It's it's nice to chat with you in that, but I'd rather not. I would much prefer just getting blotto. I can't really be bothered to edit, and I'm not in a state to edit, to be honest. And that's kind of what something drives you to at times. And uh, oh, Graham, ever the professional. Um, <laughs> but it, look, just to finish, Dave, it, next four games just doesn't get easier. Like at all, Norwich, Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton. That's a horrible run of fixtures. Um, I'm looking at the table. Look, we're like 17 points clear of the relegation zone, we're 10th. I don't think we're going to get relegated. I don't think we're going to get really dragged into it either, to be honest. Um, even if you're in negative, I don't think we're going to get dragged 17 points adrift. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to drop 17 points. Other teams below us are not going to pick up 17 points. But are we now in like March and just on the beach? Is that it? I think so, mate, aren't we? Unfortunately. Um, which is... Listen. On the it... beach, on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the beach, on the beach. Um, the simple fact of the matter is... <laughs> next... <laughs> next... Listen, why am I talking about next season already? For fuck's sake. The pressure next season, though, you know, like next season's not free hit. Next and season is, becomes right. What what happens now? Then this is what I was just about to say. Like it now becomes about progress, and we have already proved for sixty percent of the season that we are good enough to be in and around the top six. So next season, that has to progress to at least 70% of the season, three quarters of the season, we have to be in and around picking up good results, improving on last year. It's imperative because anything else, and this is where we talk about someone being a big club, even if it is within our own fan base or whatever, there is going to be an expectation next season. It's as simple as that. Uh, It should be. Yeah. Totally agree. Like the foundations have been built, haven't they? And hopefully, the recruitment model is looking at certain frailties that we have within certain areas of the squad. Obvious for us all to see. We've ranted about it for the last half an hour. It's it's really important because if it doesn't kick on, we could be. 12 games into next season, Mowbray could be under pressure and mm-hmm. we're right back to square one. So, yeah, I think we are on the beach again, unfortunately. And the only thing I'm hoping for is because literally Brad owes me 100 quid if we finish 10th and we've had a flirt with the playoffs this season. We are definitely on the beach. On, on the, the beach. beach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to edit this. Dave, thanks very much. Sunderland, uh, I hate everything. Yeah, me too. Bye.